Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Today's episode is going to be the usual preview of this upcoming week of the NFL. This episode is going to be a little bit shorter than usual, just because obviously I have finals coming up. I've got a final today, actually, I've got to do after I record this pod. So let's just jump straight into it. We're going to go over the usual locks of the week, and then we're going to preview a few of the games that I think are the biggest and have the largest implications moving forward. So let's get straight into it. My first lock of the week is going to be the Bengals over the 49ers. I think the Bengals bounce back across the board. I think Jamar Chase bounces back in a big way. I think Joe Burrow limits his mistakes. I think Joe Mixon doesn't have the same fumbling issues as we saw him have in the last game. I think Emmanuel Mosley is a really big hit to the Niners secondary, and that should really help Cincinnati and those weapons on the outside, uh, such as T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, not just uh, Jamar Chase having a good game in this one. Cincinnati's defense is still really good. I mean, they've still got a lot of great pieces in their secondary. Their run defense has been excellent. I believe it's top 10 in the league right now, so they should have a decent time slowing down the 49ers run game, which is entirely what their offense is built around. They like to establish that run. They really like to get movement up forward and then let Jimmy G work off play action. And I still think Jimmy G without that run game can be very prone to mistakes. And I think we do see that in this game. I think we just see that the Niners make, excuse me, a couple more key mistakes than the Bengals do. And I think that really is the game or excuse me, that really is the X factor in this game. I just trust Joe Burrow and his guys to make less mistakes than Jimmy G and his inability to have the run game really help him in this game because I think that it will be a little bit stalled out by this Bengals front seven. So overall, I like the Bengals a lot in this one. The Bengals are favored by a point as it is, but I like him to win more than that. I like him to win big. I like him to bounce back in a big way after that embarrassing loss against the Chargers because this is a much better team than what they displayed in that game. It was honestly a very close game until it wasn't. The Chargers just pulled away from the mistakes of the Bengals, like I said earlier. So if they can just reduce those mistakes, force Jimmy G to be throwing the ball a lot more than he's normally comfortable throwing, that run game won't be going in his way and that play action pass won't benefit from that run game being as efficient as it wants to be. So again, I just trust the Bengals to get it done in this one. I trust them to bounce back and beat the 49ers by more than one point. The next game I got here is the Falcons. They are dogs by two and a half points over the Panthers. I was really surprised to see that Carolina was favored in this game. I just think their quarterback situation is very much still a question in that locker room, in that team. Uh, I think the Joe Brady firing doesn't help at all either. I didn't think he was deserving of being fired there. I don't think the problems going on in Carolina are directed on him. I don't think they should be reflected on him, but nevertheless, he's gone now. Even if the Falcons have disappeared at times, they still have some success and they have just enough going on defense to slow down this Carolina offense led by Cam Newton, who as we the last time we saw him, was not looking very good at all. Christian McCaffrey is obviously out for the year now, so that doesn't help their offense in the slightest. And moving back to the Falcons offense, they still have some weapons there. Matt Ryan is still pretty solid when he's kept upright. Of course, I expect the Panthers pass rush to give him some problems in this one. But again, I'm just trusting Matt Ryan and his guys a lot more than Carolina in their offense right now. Even if there is a lot of sloppy play in this game, there is some mistakes. I think that 
uh, Atlanta can better capitalize on those mistakes. I really like AJ Terrell to have a really big game in this one. He's been absolutely balling out this year, looking like one of the best corners in the NFL. He's really blossoming into a great shutdown guy. And even if Matt Ryan has his limits, if he just limits his mistakes and the running run blocking is as good as it was last week, I think they can really pull this one out. And again, just not trusting this Panthers offense right now. And I don't really like what I'm seeing from them. Even if their defense is still extremely good, I just don't think their offense is going to be able to capitalize off the mistakes that they force Matt Ryan and his guys to make. And again, the run blocking was much improved. So I think that can help Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson out a lot, who I really like in both of these games. So with all those reasons being said, even if the Falcons can't necessarily pull out the win, I was just very surprised to see they were underdogs in this one because I do think they will win straight up. And I like them to cover that two and a half point spread. If you want to ride with me, then you can even take their money line, make more bang for your buck. And I think they're going to win this one. Um, I should have checked where this game was. I think it's in Carolina. I don't exactly remember, but regardless, I really like the Falcons in this one. My next lock of the week and the final lock I have for you guys is the Cowboys over the Washington football team. The Washington football team have been really hot recently, and a lot of people really like them to make the playoffs. And I still think it could very much happen. There's still very much a possibility. But to be fair, a lot of their games have been pretty fluky. And Heineke, yes, he's been playing well enough to get them the dub, to get them a few dubs here in a row. I believe they're like four or five games in a row now. I think they're at four games in a row. Um... But I think he regresses a little bit in this game. Cowboys defense is still really, really good. Even if they are a little mistake prone, they still have great personnel. I think Trayvon Diggs might get another pick in this one. I think Micah Parsons can be disruptive as hell. We've obviously seen him be disruptive as hell. This Cowboys front four should be more than effective enough and throw Taylor Heineke off of his stride. Um, and again, Washington football defense has been playing better, but this is one of the best offenses in the league and the Cowboys that they're facing. And I think they're just on entirely different tiers right now. I think Dallas asserts their dominance as NFC East favorites in this one. And overall, there's just a bunch of matchups I don't really love in this game because, yes, William Jackson III is playing pretty good ball at corner for the Washington football team, but they don't have nearly the secondary depth to line up with these Cowboys weapons. I think Zeke has a decent bounce back game in this one. There's a player prop bet for him right now. I believe it's to rush for over 42 and a half yards on underdog fantasy. I absolutely love those odds for him to go over. And again, I just think that the Cowboys only being favored by four points is enough here. I think they win by a touchdown or more in this one. And I think Washington football team finally comes back down to earth a little bit. They've been outperforming themselves. They've got some really, really close wins in the past couple of weeks and some wins that I just don't see as sustainable going forward, especially with Heineke at quarterback. As much as I've praised him and like him and i think they should keep him around for next year if he continues to play the way he does there's still a very much a limited ceiling and what he can do offensively and i just don't think they have the firepower to match up with the cowboys and really keep up with them in a game that might turn into a track meet and the cowboys might run away with it by more than a touchdown now this game might not be a lock, but I still kind of like it, so I want to talk about it, including the odds. The Titans are favored by 8.5 points over the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's not much to say here. I could definitely see a world where the Jaguars cover, but in being more realistic, I don't think they will. Um, 
I just think that the Titans coming off this bye, Julio Jones should be back in this game. I think that Ryan Tannehill should have a lot more time to throw with the Jaguars pass rush just disappearing at times, and they should be able to run the ball effectively with Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard, which I I think you can start up both of them at your flex or your RB2 in fantasy. And again, I just think talent-wise, scheme-wise, coaching-wise, there's not much at all that the Titans really match up well with, or excuse me, that the Jaguars really match up well with with the Titans. I just think the Titans are so much of a better team right now. We know how bad Jacksonville is. We know how bad Trevor Lawrence has been playing. And again, we know how suffocating this Tennessee defense can be. I think Jeffrey Simmons has a really big game. I think Harold Landry and some of those guys off the edge, such as D'Amico Autry, have some really solid performances against these guys. Kevin Byard might have a pick or two in this game. I think that Trevor Lawrence really gets shut down. And sticking with the player prop bets, there is a player prop bet on underdog fantasy of Trevor Lawrence to have over under 209 total yard or no, it's passing yards. And I really like him to go under that count. I know 209 is really not a lot in a game where they might be playing catch up. But again, this Tennessee defense, particularly in the secondary, can be extremely suffocating. And I think that they find ways to contain Trevor Lawrence and this passing offense. I really think this game could get ugly. And I think they win by more than eight and a half points. Again, I'm not necessarily making it a lock. It's just I really like the way these odds are looking. And I really think that these teams are on two completely different levels. I think Tennessee is wanting to prove to the rest of the AFC that they still should be in legitimate conversations for the number one seed in the AFC. Because as of recently, we've had a lot different teams come to... uh, you know, the public attention and become darlings of the public media, aka the Patriots. And as we know, Mike Vrabel knows the Patriots very well. I think he's going to want to, you know, uh, I need a, sorry, my dog was barking. What else is new? Anyways, I think Mike Vrabel is really going to be trying to put the league on notice with this one. I think he's going to get a very dominant victory. I think the Tennessee defense has an absolutely massive game in this one. I think Trevor Lawrence is very much contained and there's just no singular matchup that I like more for the Jaguars than I do Tennessee. I think it's just a mismatch across the board. And I think Tennessee kind of whoops some ass here in a huge bounce back way. All right. Now that we got all my locks and some of the odds that I like out of the way, we're going to talk about a couple of games that I think need to be talked about, need to be previewed, and will have some implications for the playoffs. The first of which is a game that I don't think most of you thought I was going to be talking about. Most of you thought that there would even be a chance that one team has of beating the other. But regardless, I want to talk about it. One, because I am going to this game and I'm extremely excited because I've actually, as big of a football fan I am, I've never been to a professional football game, which is kind of nuts. I didn't really realize that until I got invited to this. And then I thought about it out loud and I was like, wow, I've never had this opportunity or experience before. So I'm just so excited for it. And that's part of the reason why I'm talking about this game i of course am talking about the giants at the chargers i think i mean it's it's i don't think it's just a question worth asking could the chargers be walking into a trap mike williams and keenan are both out on the covid list uh that leaves you know a bunch of unproven dudes who like Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, and the tight ends, particularly Darnell Parham and Jared Cook, to really step up and make, you know, big plays and they're absent. But 
Justin Herbert is most familiar with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Those have been his guys all year. And the Giants defense is still really obnoxious is a word I want to use. They can still cause a lot of problems for an offense. They have some sticky corners in Adoree Jackson, James Bradbury. They've got a good safety in McKinney. And so I think that if they can stall the Chargers run game enough and really contain Austin Eckler, because I think Austin Eckler is going to be a huge X factor in this game. If they can contain him, I think they could seriously find some success, excuse me, even with Drake, Jake Fromm at quarterback. I think this could be a great defensive battle. I'm really excited to see how these teams play each other. And again, they could be walking into a trap because even if it is Jake Fromm, there is not a single bit of tip tip of tape on the nfl on jake Fromm, and so i think that could kind of serve to his advantage it's kind of that unknown factor because sure there's tons of college film on jake Fromm, but it's been a while since he's played college ball we don't really know what to expect from him and i'm not saying that i expect the giants to win this game because i do expect the chargers to win this game but i think they're favored by like 10 and a half points i'm not sure if that line has moved since mike williams got put on the COVID list but i'm just saying that the Giants have a ch chance of keeping it competitive here if their defense continues to be the obnoxious defense we've seen them be in weeks past. And I think, again, that this could be a more interesting game than people are giving it credit for because of all the reasons I've already said, because of those uh, additions to the COVID list and because of Justin's unfamiliarity with the weapons he's going to be throwing to. I think this could be an absolutely massive game for Austin Eckler. And I think that if the Giants contain Austin, that this could be a pretty good game for the Giants overall. Um, again, I'm still expecting the Chargers to win, but definitely something to keep a note on, definitely something to watch. And I'm going to be previewing, or excuse me, I'm going to be covering this game extensively, obviously, because I will be there firsthand. And so you'll probably see live updates on my stories and other stuff like that. So again, be sure to follow at professional sports talk on instagram for constant updates of sunday's action can't wait to go see this game sofi stadium looks absolutely unfucking real i can't wait to get in that stadium and watch a game but regardless let's move on to the next game here this is going to probably be the game of the week probably the most talked about game of this weekend as it should be it's the bills versus the buccaneers this could be a potential super bowl preview i don't think it will be i don't think that Right now, either these teams are playing like they are going to make it out of their own conference. I think the Packers are just playing too well. And obviously, we just saw the Patriots beat the Bills in their own building. So either way, it should be a very interesting game. I think the Bucks win in a very close one. I think it helps a lot that this game is in Tampa. This game could go drastically different if it wasn't Buffalo, just as we saw last week. But regardless, I think this is going to be a really interesting game. I think a very key X factor to this game is the Bucks' pass rush. If they can just contain Josh Allen and we can see kind of in a similar fashion, I don't want to compare these teams because they're obviously on such different planes. But if we kind of see what Jacksonville did to Josh Allen and just containing him, um, making him or forcing him to make throws off his back foot really confusing him at the line of scrimmage and just having him constantly run out of the pocket and playing sticky coverage i think that we could seriously give him or see him be given some serious issues by this bucks defense and i think that's going to be a very key contributor to this game because as we know the bills are just so josh allen centric their entire offense runs through him they're not a particularly good team at running the football and 
Of course, the Bucks have an amazing run defense themselves. So I think Josh Allen needs to have an absolutely vintage MVP Josh Allen performance. Um, and I mean, I think there's a very real chance he can, especially in these conditions that should be perfect in Tampa Bay, Florida. And I think this could be a very, very high scoring game. I'm not sure what the over under is on this game. I'm assuming it's really fucking high. But either way, I'd probably be looking at that over. And if you're comfortable taking it, that could definitely be something worth putting some money on. Uh, simply because, again, both these offenses are extremely high-powered. Uh, the Bucks secondary have been pretty lackluster at times, and I think that Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen could find some success throwing the ball down the field against this secondary. So again, should be a high-scoring game. I think the Bucks pull it off simply because I think they're just a much more, even with how well the Bills' defense has been playing, they're top five in pass defense they're also top five in run defense i think that tom brady you know being tom brady being the surgical guy himself is just going to limit his mistakes i think that we could see again a very high scoring game i think that we could see josh allen take advantage of this bill's secondary or excuse me of this buck secondary that has given up some big plays but overall i think it really just comes down to tom brady and his squad being a little bit more complete we we've seen them um, being able to run the ball consistently. We've also seen Tom Brady be extremely surgical, extremely mistake-free outside of that, you know, that pick six last week. But let's not talk about that. Um, Brady is the MVP of the league, in my opinion, right now. I think he's going to continue in this game, win this game, and continue to implement his stand on the MVP race and really pull away from some other contenders in this game. Either way, it's going to be a very entertaining game. Definitely one you're going to want to watch. And again, could be a potential Super Bowl preview. Not saying that it will, but it could. All right, the next game we've got is the Ravens versus the Browns. We just saw this game a couple weeks ago. The Browns played the Ravens, went on their bye, and now they're playing the Ravens again. But this game is so worth talking about because even just from just two weeks ago, this Ravens team is looking completely different. Um, this was kind of the first game in Lamar's big slump. He is in most definitely in a slump right now. He's kind of playing that Carson Wentz uh, 2019 Eagles style of play. He's just trying to do too much he's trying to play hero ball he's trying to play put the team on his back and when you're as amazing as lamar jackson you have all the physical tools as lamar jackson you can make you know grown-ass men look absolutely silly on any given play it's very hard to pull back and limit yourself and just try and give what the defense is giving you uh, or try and take what the defense is giving you rather but again I think it really comes down to Lamar and his mistakes in this game. I think right now um, the Browns should win this game just because the Ravens, their most important position on their entire defense is cornerback with how much they blitz, with how much cover zero they play. They absolutely rely on those corners to be sticky in man-to-man coverage. And now with obviously Mike, Marcus Peters going down before the year, um, Elliot, I can't remember his first name. Elliot obviously went down earlier this year. And now Marlon Humphrey, who in, in my opinion is one of the five best cornerbacks in the NFL, is now done for the season. I think we could have, we could see, I did say this in my last pod, so I'm not going to overemphasize it, but I think we are seeing the Ravens. They peaked at the wrong time. They were kind of overdoing, um, what's the word? They were, uh, there's a word I'm looking for. They were overproductive for their personnel i guess i don't really know if that's how 
I want to phrase that. But I mean, I think that they were just overachieving in a way. Um, they were extremely injury depleted and they still are extremely injury depleted. They don't have the best weapons on the outside. Marquise Brown has come back down to earth a little bit. And Lamar Jackson isn't getting nearly the same protection as he did earlier this year. We're not seeing him make the same plays as he did. He's scrambling from pockets too early. Again, kind of that 2019 Carson Wentz, that Mahomes factor where they're so amazing and they have so many physical gifts that they don't know when to just call a playoff as dead and they're trying to do too much and it's really, really um, costing them games at this point. Um, I Obviously, you can say what you want about that going for two uh, in the last game against the Steelers, but Lamar had a ton of mistakes he had before that. Obviously, the very first drive of the game is a great example of that. It's, it's what he's been doing these past few weeks. He was... Roll, trying to roll out of the pocket, decided to stop on a dime, throw the ball off his back foot, just kind of tossing it up for Mark Andrews somewhere in the end zone. And Micah Fitzpat Mika, Minka? Minka Fitzpatrick made a pick on the ball. And there's just uh, so many of these types of plays that we continue to see from Lamar. If he can clean this up, I still think there's a great chance they win this game because of, you know, Baker Mayfield's not playing the best ball by any means right now. But as a roster right now, the Browns are just so much better off than the Ravens. They're so much more complete. I think they rely on their run game very heavily. Uh, sticking with the plop, prop player bets on underdog fantasy, uh, Nick Chubb's over-under for rushing yards is at 82.5 right now. I absolutely love that over. I think the Browns are going to run the shit out of the ball. I think they're going to emphasize that and you know try and come back to their identity, which is running the hell out of the ball in first and second downs, working off play action in third down when you need to, and just limit what Baker has to do. And I think that the injuries in the Ravens secondary is going to benefit Baker tremendously. I think he's going to have a lot more opportunity to air the ball out. I think that he's going to see um, mismatches across the board. I think Jarvis Landry has a pretty good game in this one. I think we could see him with a touchdown, probably five catches over 40 yards. Um, and overall, there's just huge playoff implications on the line. These teams know each other very well. They hate each other. And um, the Browns, if they can't pull out this one against a very beat-up Ravens team, I'm not saying their season is over, but it's effectively over. Um, they go below 500. The AFC North is just extremely competitive. There's not a lot of room for error. Cincinnati is still looking like the best team in that division, even in my opinion, with loss to the Chargers last week. Um, and of course, we still know the Ravens are the Ravens and the Steelers are not dead yet. So again, this is an extremely crucial win to both of these teams um, and a little more important to the Browns. I'll just put it that way. The next game and the final game that I'm going to be previewing, again, this is going to be a shorter episode. Sorry about that, guys. Just have a lot of studying to do for finals. Have a final stick later, as I already said earlier. This game is happening tonight and kind of feels like this Ravens-Browns game, but it's not in, It's not a interdivisional game. It's the Vikings versus the Steelers. The Vikings are favored in this one, if I'm not mistaken, and I believe it's in Heinz Field. Again, I could be wrong about both of those but I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, overall, both of these teams are extremely desperate for a win. They're, the Vikings obviously lost to the Lions last week after they were finally starting to get some playoff buzz. Um, 
and they don't have much room for error at all now. The NFC, luckily for them, at the bottom half of it is still fairly weak. They're competing between teams like the Washington football team, um, like the 49ers who they lost to, like the Eagles even, um, who else is not dead in there. Uh, I mean, technically the Falcons aren't dead, but no one really expects them to get into the dance. So regardless, they don't have a lot of room for errors. This is an absolute must-win game for them. And it kind of goes for the same thing for the Steelers. The Steelers are in a little bit of a different boat because the AFC is much more competitive. I would even say that this win is more important to the Steelers than the Vikings. And I do think the Steelers pull this one out, just so I can say that now. I think that with how well-coached they are and with how – I don't want to say how – badly coached the vikings are because i don't think they're necessarily like terribly coached or anything like that but they just always seem to make these um what's the word they choke i mean that's that's pretty much how i, I mean with the occasion that they don't being like i don't know like the chargers game or something like that they just they tend to choke a lot they don't tend to pull up big in these games like this kirk cousins is in his career historically bad in prime time uh, we could see that narrative continue to play out here either way i think justin jefferson and deontay johnson have absolutely amazing games if you have them on your fantasy team and i've got both of them you should be very happy um, with the performance in this one uh sticking with the player prop bets in this one underdog fantasy i can't remember the exact numbers but i do have a tick you know what i'm just gonna check it really quick because it's my show let me open my phone um yes so uh oh this wasn't even what i was thinking of but okay um so kirk cousins is over under 22 and a half completions i like him to go over that i think that we could see him passing the ball a lot in this game and then ben roethlisberger has an over under of 0.5 interceptions i think he limits his mistakes in this one like we saw him do against the ravens and we've seen him consistently do pretty much all year um i like him to go under that 0.5 interceptions so obviously just saying he's not going to have a pick in this game um that could be ruined pretty quickly or uh that could be a very very long um man if he throws a pick in the fourth quarter that would just <laughs> be a shitty way for that bet to go down but either way um i like the way the steelers defense is still playing very well i think tj watt is very effective in this game um i think they slow down this vikings offense just enough and i think that they um Ben Roethlisberger himself limits his mistakes and finds ways to stretch the ball down the field to Deontay Johnson. Najee Harris, I don't expect him to have the, the greatest game, but I think he'll be fine. Um, either way, I think this is going to be a very tough, tough, tough uh, defensive battle between these two teams. And I think that the Steelers, with how well coached they are in Mike Tomlin, with how motivated they are to get to another playoff berth, with Ben Roethlisberger one last time, I think they rally around each other. I think they pull off this win. And I think the Vikings' playoff hopes with this loss is essentially over. So let me know what you guys think about my picks, um, what you guys think about the implications of this game. Be sure to follow my Instagram at Professional Sports Talk for constant updates and let me know if you guys are go any of you guys are going to SoFi on Sunday because I will be there. It's going to be fucking awesome. Can't wait for that game. Um, just very excited I get to see an NFL game. Nevertheless, in this new five billion dollar arena, which is fucking badass. And yeah, sorry guys for the shorter episodes. Um, I hope you guys understand why this is shorter. I'm not going to say it again because I've already said it like four times. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did, be sure to follow me, um, sh share the podcast with your friends and family, and follow my Instagram at Professional Sports Talk, guys.
NBA content coming soon, I promise. YouTube also coming soon. I'm going to set it up over my winter break and I'm going to try and continue to pu publish on that as it's going forward. I'm asking for a camera for my parents for Christmas so I can vlog better. All right, guys. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Later.